it's time for Tuesday Terror, here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated R and is recommended restricted for anyone under the age of 17. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising, then, if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Corinthians 11.14 The prioress fell to her knees, her hand clasped around the crucifix at her neck. Her lips moved in the Lord's Prayer, but Pierre could hardly hear the words. The discordant cries in his head were too loud. He could feel the faith emanating from Margot's body, though, and fear. The concentrated mix was like a hot wave against his skin, and he stepped away from her. The demon flexed its long talons, scraping them against the floor before folding them back and shifting its gaze to the friar. It has been too long since last I walked the mortal realm as myself. For that, you have my thanks. Pierre flinched beneath the demon's piercing yellow orbs. He could feel it gazing into his mind and into his soul, weighing him, determining his worth. There was a soft intake of breath, followed by a bovine snort. The thing that had been Lucille tilted its head as what passed for a strange look occupied its features. I know you. The friar glanced down at Margot, braving the heat that surrounded her to shake her by the shoulder. Prioress, please, you must leave this place. I could not see it before, but now I do. The boy, she murmured. I couldn't. He fell. The prioress remained still, not moving from her knees as the demon stalked closer. Her knuckles were white from gripping the crucifix so tightly, and Pierre could see drops of blood where the silver had cut into her hand. Let me look at you properly. Wood splintered beneath the demon's bulk as it reached the dais, its long tail knocking benches over in its wake. The monstrosity had grown taller than the pulpit, and muscles as thick as Pierre's body writhed beneath its flesh. The stench of rot followed it, and Pierre recognised it as the lingering scent he'd been unable to identify. It made his eyes water. The friar stood transfixed as the demon loomed over him, its jagged claws reaching down toward the dais. He cried out as a hooked talon dug into his shoulder, piercing the sleeve of his robes, and then his skin like a hot knife. Blood poured from the wound, soaking his arm as it spilt out onto the chapel floor. The pain forced the breath from his lungs, 
and his head lolled to the side as the demon's claws wrapped around his chest. The creature lifted him with these, cradling him in the air before it so that it might better examine him. Pierre cried out again as the demon's voice entered his head, speaking into his mind as it scrutinized him. Such a tortured soul, it said, the orbs in its skull flickering like hellfires. I would know why that is. Show me. Images appeared before him, memories from his past, but other things too. They flashed before his eyes fast enough to make his head spin and his stomach lurch. He saw a city of flames, white walls being consumed as they turned to ash. Bodies lay in piles in front of the city gates, and then a great tide washed them all away. The pyre appeared, its wood already smouldering as the fire licked the feet of the condemned upon it. Yes, yes, the fires of Gryn. Death of the Witchkin follows you wherever you go. The pyre vanished and was replaced by the ruins of another city. Smoke billowed across its streets, concealing the empty houses and crumbling walls. Shadows stirred within the gloom, a procession of holy men moving from house to house. In their hands they carried crosses, but in their hearts they bore swords. Screams followed them wherever they went. To lose too, I see. I was there, but I do not remember your face. The rest. Pierre's vision swam as he tried to avert the demon's stare. The pain inside his skull had grown insufferable and the howling voices threatened to drown out his very thoughts. With a grunt, he managed to snap his gaze away from the fiery orbs, his eyes coming to rest on the stained glass windows that surrounded the chapel house. His brow furrowed as he recognised one of the panels. It was Lucifer's fall from heaven. The scene blurred with his memories until he felt like he was falling from the sky toward a city of fire and ash. Something stirred within him as the demon's hateful gaze scratched at his mind. He could feel his essence being pulled out, diminishing as the hell thing stretched his soul out, reading it like a scroll. More memories spilt out across his mind, Failed beneath the smoke and clouds as he spun toward the earth. A part of him that had remained hidden, caged away, rattled against its prison, tearing at its bars to get out. He continued his plummet, only the earth had disappeared, and a fiery pit now awaited him. Tartarus. Hell. A shroud covers your past, priest. But I would know it all. Perhaps I shall find satisfaction 
when I consume your soul. Pierre struggled against the demon's grip as it slowly unhinged its jaws, revealing row upon row of bloody teeth. Its rotten gums were grey and putrid, and streams of maggots fell out from the ulcers that riddled them. A gust of charnel breath buffeted the friar, and he retched bile out all over the front of his robes. Now we shall see. The demon's voice rang in his head as it brought him closer to its gaping maw. It withdrew its talon from Pierre's shoulder, eliciting another cry of pain, and slowly loosened its grip on him, letting the friar slide toward its waiting mouth. A brilliant golden light blasted through the chapel house, pulsing as it swept across the hall. Shadows and filth burned beneath it, and the twisted statue shriveled and then crumbled away as soon as the light touched them. The demon staggered back against the blinding radiance, sheltering its eyes beneath the crook of a wing. It barked out a shocked curse, further loosening its grip on the friar. Pierre took the opportunity to roll out from beneath its claws, slipping toward the ground where he landed with a hard thud. What's this? Said the demon, lowering its wing as the light began to fade. Pierre kept his head down as he shuffled across the floorboards, back toward the dais and the still-kneeling figure of the prioress. When he reached the pulpit, he risked a glance back over his shoulder and watched with awe as the glow contracted until all that was left of it was a golden aura around a familiar figure. Remy. His ward slowly rose to her feet, lifted, it seemed, by unseen hands. She wiped away the blood that covered her neck, but the wound that had caused it was gone, the skin smooth beneath. The girl stared down into her hands at the lifeblood that had sprayed across the pews only a few minutes before and then cleaned them against her dress. When she looked up, it was like staring into molten pools of gold. Light poured from her eyes, shining with such intensity that Pierre had to look away. Another secret, said the demon, unfurling its wings as it considered Remy. But aren't you a delicious surprise? Remy stepped over the scattered pieces of the bench she'd been flung against, walking calmly toward the fallen. The aura that surrounded her pulsed again, another shock of light that swept through the chapel. The god touched, always fill my belly, said the demon, unsheathing its talons. And I shall save for you. And then your fat priest. But I think I shall save the prioress for last, so that she may think on her things. Pierre clambered up the dire step, 
crouching down beside the prioress as he watched Remy come to a halt in front of the demon. The beast dwarfed her, standing nearly twice her size and wide as she was tall. Still, she did not cower beneath its gaze, meeting its fiery stare with her own. The friar reached out to Margot, but snapped his hand away when he felt the heat emanating from her body. She was near boiling, and yet her skin remained as flush and pure as ever. Her hand was still clutched around the crucifix. The silver had started to warp from the heat of her body and drooped over her nails and fingers. Prioress, please, he said, trying to keep his voice even. This is no place for you, for us. We must go now, before it's too late. Margot seemed not to hear him, whispering soft words over and over beneath her breath. Pierre leaned closer, tilting his head to hear. His soul. Spare him his soul. His soul. Spare him his soul. Whose soul, Prioress? Pierre asked, exasperated. He didn't know what was happening to her, but he knew that nothing good would come from staying in the chapel. In unfair. The demon forsook any claim to one a long time ago. Save your prayers. They are wasted on it. But the sister ignored him. Her eyes fixed on some distant point ahead as she repeated the mantra. I can't leave without you, said Pierre with a sigh. He shifted on his knees and turned to watch Remy and the demon square off against one another. Their fates were now tied to the fight to come. The air around Remy hummed, crackling with tension as she stared up at the demon. The hell-spawn thing towered over her, all muscle and teeth and razor-sharp claws. But she was not scared. Her aura pulsed again, bathing the chapel house with a golden light. This seemed to amuse the demon, and it let out a haggard laugh. I am beyond such tricks, foolish girl. I have seen the light of heaven and turned my back on it. Your tiny candle means nothing to me. Perhaps this will, said Remy, a faint smile on her lips. She reached into nothingness, her hand fully disappearing as it crossed into the incorporeal realm. Her smile faded, replaced by an expression of steely determination. A bead of sweat rolled down her forehead, the first sign of exertion Pierre had seen since she had been asked to perform her miracle all those years before. Your soul, she said between gritted teeth, is corrupted. She grunted as she began to withdraw the limb, 
tugging at something from the other side. And I am here. With a flourish of steel and fire, she yanked her hand back from the ethereal plane, her fingers now firmly clasped around the hilt of a flaming sword. To deliver you from it, the demon growled, its black tongue tasting the air as it glared down at its adversary. It flinched away from the current of flame, from the Empyrean steel. If Pierre had to guess, he would have said there was a hint of uncertainty in that thing's great pus-filled eyes. Fear, even. You know this, soul, don't you, demon? Remy wrapped her other hand around its hilt, unaffected by the gout of flames that rippled from the blade. The sword was near as long as she was tall, and yet she held it effortlessly. The flames coursed, swelling like lungs after a deep breath. Remy smiled again. It remembers you, I think. The demon snorted. It was once wielded by another, by your better little thorn. How did you come by it? It was given to me freely, said Remy. A gift for my crusade against hell and its accursed minions. Against you. Then I shall claim it as my own. The demon lunged at her, propelled forward with a single flap of its powerful wings. Malefic talons extended to deliver a killing blow, slicing through the air faster than Pierre could see. The ground screamed as the demon landed, wood and stone crunching beneath its giant hooves, but not Remy. The golden saint ducked beneath the demon's sweeping blows, rolling away before it could tear into her skin with its claws. She leapt back to her feet in a single movement and swung her sword with a speed that matched the demon's own. The creature let out a howl of pain as the burning blade cut into its scales, lurching back to try and avoid the searing flames that licked at it. Black ichor spouted from the wound as it stumbled into the benches, gushing across the floor like a fountain of filth. You will pay for that, spat the demon, cradling its side. The hell fiend did not wait for her reply, bounding forward to re-engage. Remy raced to meet it, adjusting her guard as she sprinted through the pews. She used the burning blade like a lance, swatting aside the demon's claws as they went for her throat, and then driving it towards its chest. The demon was ready for her this time, and rolled back on its hercine haunches, letting the tip of the sword pass it by. Remy stumbled as her attack faltered, and then tried to skip away, but it was too late. With a bestial roar, the demon kicked out with its one hoof, slamming it into the side of her head with a hideous crunch. The girl went sprawling, her body as limp as a doll, as it careened through the air. Her flight was brought to an abrupt halt when she met the wall on the other end of the chapel house, which cracked and then buckled, collapsing over her in a stream of dust and splinters. The demon snorted, slamming its hoof back down against the ground. 
the flesh is weak and can't be broken. But it is your soul I want. Come, little one. Meet your fate. For the second time that day, Remy rose to her feet, pushing aside the rubble as she clambered through the ruins of the chapel house. Pale light shone through the gaping hole in the wall, adding to the glow of her aura. She drew her sword out from the debris, its flame turning a shade of crimson as she took up her guard. The friar watched on as the two fighters circled each other. They were more cautious now, both having had a taste of what the other had to offer. A bruise was forming where Remy had been kicked. Some preternatural strength being the only thing that stopped her from turning into a bloody mist when the hoof had found her. The wound in the demon's side had stopped bleeding, but he could see the white of bone beneath the black ichor that coated it. Remy had cut the hellspawn deep, and it had begun to favour that side. Pierre spared a glance at the prioress. Her hands were still clasped around what remained of her cross, but she had seized her mantra, her eyes closed. There was a subtle sheen that covered her skin now. Not a fever, no. Something else. Pierre tilted his head and then turned back to stare at Remy, at the golden aura that surrounded her. Could it be? The little saint ducked beneath a swipe of the demon's tail, following after it with a vicious swing of her sword. The burning blade gleamed as it carved through its silvery scales, extracting another angry roar from the hell fiend who lunged forward. Remy pirouetted away, spinning on her heels as she narrowly avoided another kick to the head. The demon's tail snapped out again, slicing through the air before Remy could regain her balance. This time, its wicked barbs broke through Remy's guard, sinking deep into her waist. The slithery appendage twisted, writhing as it wrapped itself around her body, dragging her toward the hellspawn. Before she could bring her sword down to cut it away, the demon was on her. What now, little one? Remy gasped as it wrapped its claws around her, pulling her into its embrace. She tried to bring her sword up to meet it, but the demon yanked at her arm, breaking it like a twig. She let out a cry of pain as the blade fell from her grasp. Its fire extinguished the moment it left her fingers. It dropped to the floor and lay there, out of reach. Said the demon, slowly tightening its grip. This shall all be over soon, and then you will become a part of me. Isn't that special? And I shall have won my brother's sword. Remy struggled in the thing's grip, thrashing madly in an effort to get away. But the demon was too strong. It pulled her closer until she was pressed up tight against its chest, 
and began to squeeze. Remy's skin chafed against the scales, and she tried to keep her head away from the sharp ridges and spikes that covered the demon like a suit of armor. The slabs of muscle on its arms and chest rippled as it exerted pressure, tightening its deadly hug. Her ribs cracked first, collapsing against the tremendous force brought to bear against them. Then, her unbroken arm started to bend against the pressure, curving in on itself beneath the Hellfiend's vice-like grip. The demon grunted, sensing victory was close. It shifted on its haunches, leaning forward to bring yet more force to bear. Remy stopped struggling, her arms going limp at her sides. The creature blew hot, fetid breath into her face, and more iniquitous vermin scurried out from the recesses in its mouth. So said the demon, pulling its head back to stare at her. It sounded almost disappointed. I would have thought to find more fight in you, God touched. Remy did not reply, but lifted her head to meet the demon's pestilential gaze. There was defiance in her eyes, and rage. Her lips started to move, even as red stains gathered in the corners of her mouth. She shuddered, spitting out a gobbet of blood and smiling as the demon flinched away from it. The hell thing scowled, shaking away the blood that steamed upon its reptilian skin. Save your prayers, little one. They will not help you now. The girl closed her eyes, humming softly as her aura flickered. Words filled her lips, a litany that rose above the growling demon, above even the voices in Pierre's head. Her aura flickered again, and then disappeared entirely. The demon started to laugh, its haggard voice filling the chapel house with glee as it unhinged its jaw. Teeth the size of Remy's head slid out from beneath the demon's gums, and its repellent tongue slithered out to taste the air. Remy's voice grew louder as she recited the litany, uttering words of devotion even as the demon drew her up to its mouth. Another sound joined her prayer, another voice that seemed to superimpose itself over hers. It sang with Remy, adding its own notes to her song of defiance. The demon flinched when it noticed it, its eyes growing wide as it searched the chapel house for the source. The beast recognized the voice, feared it, but there was nothing to be found. The voice that had joined Remy's was not of this world. With a surge of brilliant light, Remy opened her eyes, unleashing her golden wrath upon the demon. The fiend tried to hold on to her, but its claws burned and noxious steam rose from its flesh. It met her gaze for a moment, and the flames in her eyes grew brighter still. It was like staring into the center of an exploding sun 
and the demon roared in pain as it was flung back by it. Remy seemed to float back down to the floor, her fall arrested by some unseen force. She pulled her broken arm into place as she landed and knelt down into the rubble to reclaim her sword. Flame erupted from the blade as soon as she touched it, crimson fire mixing with the golden glow of her aura. She hefted the sword in front of her, returning to her guard. Very well then, said the demon, pushing aside rubble and room as it rose back up to its hooves. Its great wings flapped behind it, aiding its rise from the ground while its tail balanced out its immense weight. If you will not be reasonable, then neither will I. The demon sunk its hooves into the floorboards, sucking in great breaths of air as its wings stretched out behind it. Already its body was starting to grow, its skin rippling as its bones extended scales stretching as the thing expanded. Its monstrous horns grew upwards, curling toward the roof like the roots of a tree. Then its belly expanded, slumping over its waist like the gut of a drunkard. The silver plates that covered its midriff stretched, pulling wider and wider, turning a darker shade with the hellfiend's growth. The demon chuckled, its voice became deeper as it transformed, until the sound was all Pierre could hear. It was tall enough now that its horns nearly scraped the roof of the chapel house, and it was growing taller still. Its bloated figure took up all the space between the eyes, malformed layers of fat and muscle hanging out from its frame like candle wax. The hell thing wrapped its bulbous knuckles against the nearest pew, and then hefted the bench up by a single claw. Remy charged forward, not waiting for the demon to finish its transformation. The bloated beast leered down at her, its flabby skin shaking as it swung the bench. It smashed through the pews, sending broken bits of wood the size of daggers through the air. Remy just managed to duck beneath the blow using her sword as a shield against the splinters that rained down on her, before scrambling to her feet. The Hellfiend raised a swollen black claw, beckoning her toward him. It stood above even the glass panes that covered the chapel house walls, its shadow extending well past Remy to the dais itself. The demon lumbered forward, each of its giant steps breaking through the floorboards and into the foundations below. Its flabby wings flapped clumsily behind it, too small now to do anything but add impetus to the demon's steps. Remy swept forward with her blade, slashing at the demon's knees, dancing away before it could parry her blows. Ooze gushed from where the burning blade cut, and the stink of burning hair filled the hall. Remy darted in again, this time using the sword like an axe, chopping at the stout midriff of the demon. 
There was desperation in her attacks now, and the grooves she left in the monstrosity's leathery skin were becoming shallower with each strike. The thing laughed, swatting her aside with a clenched fist, sending her flying into the pews. It patted down its waist, looking at the cuts in its stomach before staring at the broken benches to where Remy was getting back up. Too small now, little one, it said. Perhaps before I unveil myself upon this world, but not now. Remy leapt forward again, skipping over the ruined floorboards and flinging herself at the demon. Her sword sang in the air, its fire trailing like the tail of a comet as it came down to meet the Hellfiend. The demon's tail whipped out with blinding speed, unslowed by the added weight and girth. It connected with Remy just beneath her neck, sending her flailing back into the broken benches. No, no, too small. The demon chortled, flexing its black talons as it lumbered after her. Pierre felt the heat before he heard the prioress rise. It was blistering hot, and he recoiled, moving a step closer to the podium as he turned to look at her. The prioress's face shone with life, resplendent in the gloom of the chapel house. A subtle sheen covered her skin, and he saw a sliver of light ripple across her body. Sweat dripped from his face as he watched Margot step down from the dais. The podium behind him began to warp, and the wood beneath her feet scorched beneath the heat. The energy around her seemed to hum, and more golden slivers streamed upon her skin as she moved toward the aisle and its broken benches. Prioress! Pierre called, realizing her intent. Come back here! It's not safe! That thing will destroy you! But it was too late. The Prioress was already striding between the aisles, making for the bloated form occupying the center of the chapel. The being hadn't noticed her yet, its eyes still set on Remy as she regained her footing. Margot! Pierre cried once more, hoping she'd see sense. The Prioress slowed in her steps, coming to a halt mere feet away from the Hellfiend, and glanced back at the Franciscan. It was my fault, she said softly, and then louder. The boy! He fell. And I let him. I could have saved him, but... I let him. Something stopped me. She smiled a sad smile and turned toward the demon. But I won't let this spawn of hell win. Not here. The demon finally noticed her and cocked its head, its thick neck wobbling as a grin appeared on its face. 
I had planned on saving you for last, princess. But if you wish to meet your fate before the little angel, then I am happy to oblige. It leaned down on its haunches and extended a giant claw, scooping her up from the ground like one would a child's toy. Margot remained calm as she was lifted, her hands still clasped over the molten ruin of her cross. The air around her blurred, shimmering as waves of heat flow from her. The demon did not notice the blistering heat or the golden sheen that rippled upon her skin. Nor did it notice the smile upon the prioress's face as he lowered her toward its mouth. Pierre watched as the demon's talons began to walk, curling away from the prioress, just like the wood of the podium had. Scales peeled under the heat, revealing the soft pink flesh and the bones beneath. A spark ignited on the thing's skin, quickly catching on the black tufts of fur that covered its lower body. But the demon did not notice that either. With a haggard laugh, the hell fiend unhinged its jaws and dropped her into its mouth, swallowing her whole. Its saggy neck jiggled as she passed down its throat to his belly, and a look of fervent concentration set upon the demon's face as it digested her. Then, after a tense moment, the demon opened its mouth and burped. Pierre's shoulders dropped as he watched the Hellfiend devour the Prioress. There was nothing he could do. There was nothing anyone could do. Remy had managed to get back to her feet again, and her blade was held firmly out before her. But he could see the dismay on her features too. Her aura had diminished, and the torrent of flame that covered her sword seemed less intense than before. Do not worry, little ones, said the demon. It stroked its belly with a warped talon, chortling as it looked from Remy to Pierre. There is plenty of room for... The demon hesitated, a strange look crossing its grisly features. It tilted its head, staring down at the prodigious gut that hung from its midriff. The look of uncertainty turned to one of mild discomfort, and the hell fiend shifted its head restlessly. The demon snorted, blinking its pustule eyes at the tendril of smoke that emerged from its bovine snout. More smoke poured from the corners of its mouth, until the hell fiend's face was almost entirely obscured by it. What is this? It roared, stomping its hooves in frustration. The thick, leathery hide around its midriff bubbled like a pot of water coming to a boil. Large flakes of ashen skin fell to the floor. The demon lurched forward, holding onto its gut as its discomfort turned into agony. A soft glow appeared just beneath the Hellspawn's ribcage. The light was enough to illuminate the thousand veins that lined the creature's stomach, knotting together like a city map. But the light showed something else too. A shadow 
passing through the demon's insides. Priestess. It groaned, scraping at its gut. It sunk a hooked talon into the fatty legs, dragging it like a knife across its belly. The hell thing took another staggering step forward, its face contorting as it battled with a pain that wrapped its body. Pierre blinked as he watched the demon carve through its own flesh, spilling its guts out onto the chapel floor. More smoke billowed from the open wound, and the smell of burnt meat filled the hall. The demon let out another horrific groan as a shard of light shot out from its belly, followed by another and another. Blood was running down its leg in great streams, coating the floor thick with slippery black icon. The demon's entrails hung from it like a fetus before its umbilical cord could be cut. It howled as more light poured from the wound, slicing through its flesh as it spilt into the world. The light was so bright now that the demon's skin appeared translucent, revealing its inner workings even as they dissolved beneath the heat. Now, girl! Pierre called, managing to drag his gaze from the immolating demon to Remy. Kill it! Remy hesitated, glancing back at the Franciscan as he hobbled down from the dais. He waved her forward, urging her to take advantage of the demon's faltering strength. More light blasted through the Hellspawn's flesh, but its talons were submerged deep within its belly now, trying to fish out the cause of its agony. It would drag the Prioress out any moment now. Rami growled, moving into a loping run. The burning sword, Gabriel's sword, hummed approvingly in her hands, its torrent of flame coursing as she closed in on her adversary. She skipped over the ruined benches along the aisles, moving past the bubbling mess at the demon's feet. The Hell Fiend paid her no heed, its own attention focused on drawing out the scorching thorn in its belly. The cavity beneath its chest looked like that of a corpse that had been left out for scavengers to feed on, its ribcage now fully exposed, its guts falling out with every breath it took. Almost have you, little priestess. It grunted out the words between mouthfuls of smoke, spitting blood out onto the floor with every syllable. The demon barely noticed when Remy scrambled up its side, using handfuls of black fur to ease her passage. Nor did it notice when the girl hooked herself onto the base of its wings, slowly dragging herself closer to its head. Remy clasped onto a curved horn, feeling the tough keratin beneath her fingers while she tried to find her balance. Her sword smouldered in her other hand, its crimson flame growing brighter as it sensed her intent. She dug a foot into the folds of fat behind the demon's head, grounding herself as she took one final breath. And then she plunged the blade deep into the demon's skull. Fire erupted from the wound, spilling out from the sword, and from Margaret, 
and from the demon's own infernal soul. The hell fiend screeched out in anguish as its bone gave way to the stool, digging into the membranous soft tissue beneath. It lashed out with a claw, trying to dislodge her, but Remy ducked beneath the swipe, putting more weight behind her sword as it broke through skin and bone. Remy pulled at the blade, dragging it with her as she started to slide toward the ground. Fire erupted from where the Empyrean steel passed, splitting the skin and rot and festering flesh as she pulled it further downward. The flailing demon swatted at her again, its crooked talons tearing through its own skin as it tried to displace her. With another colossal effort, Remy heaved the sword toward the demon's wings and then leapt from its back, dragging her weapon with her. The burning blade carved through the demon as they dropped, cracking bones apart with ease and turning the flesh to ash. The creature's wings fluttered as they were torn from the spawn's back and then fell to the floor to add to the growing pool of meat and guts. Finally, Remy guided the Empyrean blade into the demon's spine, cutting right through before she kicked off, away from the broken creature. The Hell Fiend coughed out a garbled mess of blood and lungs as it stumbled forward, its body collapsing in on itself, even while its brain began to shut down. Its hooves slammed into its own entrails, turning them into paste beneath its gargantuan weight. It seemed to find its balance for a moment, its claws splayed out beside it, holding it steady. Then, with a mournful groan, the demon toppled over and lay there, still. Remy rushed toward the corpse slipping in the pools of black ichor that coated the floor, narrowly avoiding a fall. Her aura was fading, and the Empyrean blade no longer billowed with fire in her hands. She came to a stop at the foot of the beast and stared into its gaping belly. Resting in its center, her hand still wrapped around the molten silver cross she bore, was the Prioress. Remy let out a sigh of relief when she saw the faint flutter of Margot's chest. She was still alive. You've been listening to... His Black Tongue by Mitchell Luthi, performed by Anna Capraro and Scott Miller. Production copyright for Sentinel Creatives.
Are you in the mood for a good laugh? <laughs> or maybe a good scream? How about some childlike wonder? Or a thought-provoking mystery? Then get your ears ready for a treat, because the Mutual Audio Drama Network presents shows every day for your enjoyment. Each day is a different genre featuring the talents of a huge pool of audio drama masters. Oh, and some clever comedy creators as well. <laughs> Subscribe to the Mutual feed and get them all, or choose the genres you really love. Ooh. You'll find the Mutual Audio Network at all your favorite places, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, EarBuddies, Podcast-O-Rama, Casting Call, Podcast, and wherever quality shows are found. Okay, I made a few of those up. Or simply go online to MutualAudioNetwork.com. And of course, it's all free. free. The Mutual Audio Drama Network. Listen and imagine together. Maintaining social distancing, of course.